And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Today on our show, our featured guest is going to offer a metaphysical perspective on what is happening in the world and uh, give some pretty interesting insight as well as advice on how to grow and evolve. I know lately I've been asking a lot of questions. I, I just have this insatiable curiosity and I cannot stop asking questions about uh, what is happening. I just find that what is happening in the world right now is probably going to impact generations, if not the entire human race. So I always want to find people that not only have an insight into what is going on, but also offer advice on what people can do to empower themselves. I do believe in a strong minority of individuals that are resilient and are powerful and will put up a great fight. I've been reading some really awesome books lately that talk about the will of people that are willing to stand and fight for freedom. And I love it. And I love that there's a lot of inspirational perspectives in there. I also want to give you a quick heads up that my wife and I have uh, complementary and uh, different parenting styles. Like she is sitting there with Ryder and she's reading him the little train that could and she's talking to him. You know, you're going to be a little boy. And meanwhile, like, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, who were you in a past lifetime? Who are you? You know, I'm asking him, like, are you Jesus? Are you Buddha? Give me a sign. Give me an indication. I keep on telling him, don't forget where you came from. You know, you were in just an eternity. And I was like, you know, he kind of just wants to poop. He wants to suck his thumb. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. So I can't wait for this kid to grow up. He's going to take over. He'll be the uh, my successor for the host of the Adolescent Seven of Truth. But for right now, he is very preoccupied with his uh, toys. That being said, let us begin tonight's program. It is a great pleasure to welcome back to our show, Sean Stone. He's a former host of Buzzsaw, Lip TV. He's a fantastic interviewer. He's also an author. He's author of a new book called The Zerata, A Cosmic Fairy Tale. He also has a new show on Vocal. He does a lot of deep, introspective interviews with a metaphysical perspective. You can learn more about Sean by going to his website at seanstone.info. Sean, how are you? Welcome to back to our show. Excellent. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right. Since the last time we spoke, uh, the world's gotten a little crazy. And I have to tell you, I really enjoy some of your recent interviews. I love that you're taking the metaphysical approach from your perspective. What do you think is happening in the world? Are we going down this uh, dark path, or is humanity splitting off? Do you think that the, the peace we're going to have peace and freedom, or what's your initial take and perspective? <laughs> I call it the bifurcation of humanity and <laughs> splitting off. 
the separation of the, the sheep from the human. Uh, like you know, it's it's a uh, it's a process. The Great Awakening is a process. It's a journey. Um, I just released on my YouTube channel a channeled message all about how this is a uh, you know a thousand year journey that we're just beginning because we as humans have been slaves for so long. And I know people don't like to use that word, not politically correct to say we're slaves, but you know what? Not just speaking about the millions and millions of slaves that are literally trafficked and enslaved in the world. I'm talking about every human being that doesn't stand into their sovereignty as a spiritual, galactic, interdimensional being, living being in a multidimensional reality. If you don't accept that and embrace that power, then you are enslaved by thoughts and patterns and conditions and beliefs that have limited us as a species for so long into these pyramids of power, you know, that put, put us at the bottom as, you know, basically subservient to, uh, illusions, money, uh, power, fame, you name it. These are, uh, beliefs that have mitigated and belittled us as sovereign humans. So we are beginning the phase of entering that sovereignty, which means that we can actually recognize we are the power. We are the, we are working with our, the creation, we choose our, our path. We choose who we interact with. We choose who we engage with. We choose where we, where we put our energy and our time and our, 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 our essence, basically, our energy into the world. And this is a shift in consciousness that is only beginning. It's called the Great Awakening in sort of pop parlance, if you want to say that. Uh, but this is what it looks like. This is what it's about. And it is about, first and foremost, recognizing that the coronavirus thing is there coronaviruses? Sure, there are coronaviruses, but is the way that's being deployed real? No, it's 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 meant to to diminish you, meant to be uh, meant to create cognitive dissonance and fear and propaganda and all this that we're seeing. So there's a dark side agenda, of course, there always is. That's the challenge for the light to step in and reveal its true nature and its true self, which is what we are. We are light beings. We are light warriors. Wow. Well said, and when it comes to the dark, we have been doing a series of shows about this, talking about the trajectory where the elites want to take us. They think they want to convert us into machines and make us dark and cruel and cold like them. And I think that the idea that they're trying to social do the social distancing and making the masks and the normal, I guess fundamentally breaking down what it means to be human. And it's just completely just bizarre, but a lot of people are going for it. So... I am actively seeking and trying to figure out a way. I'm like, well, where does this break come in? Is it is it the people who are fighting or the people that are fighting? Do we, I don't know, do we pull consciousness in this direction? Or do you think that we actually go to a parallel universe beside this one that have other like-minded people? I don't know the. I don't know if vibration is true or false. I've had people that have said, well, it is true. You are aligned to the energies and frequencies for which you resonate with. And others who say it doesn't matter what humans do. Humans are all part of the same collective. So in your perspective, do you think that collective humanity will be pulled into a techno-tyranny? Or do you ever sense that those who wish to be free, those who have freedom, will not be able to be going into that path because their vibrational frequency does not match that of which the dark is perpetuating upon the rest of collective humanity? It's interesting how will this play out. Um, the prophecy is not that everyone makes it. The prophecy is that, you know, those with alignment, whose alignment chooses to basically go down the path of so-called transhumanism, which 
ultimately it's not okay. There's, I call, I say there's two trans, there's two types of transhumanism. <laughs> yes. Humanity is a transitional species. We are not fully embodied, enabled in three dimensional form. We have to enter our fifth dimensional capacity as, uh, which is to say, what does that look like? It's a completely different reality than what we're living. So we have to enter that to, to start to really actualize the potential that is the human being magical as it may seem this sort of the idea of these psychic abilities, uh, telekinesis, um, clear audience, you name it, the ability of precognition, all these things that are potentials. We've glimpsed them throughout time. We've even heard stories of the levitation and all these different powers. That's all within our, uh, our progression if we actualize into the full human form, which we are destined to, not everyone, because obviously, as I said, not everybody necessarily on this timeline is ready for that. Not everyone on this timeline will choose that. So what happens to them? They may choose the transhuman uh, digital version, right? Where they become chipped, uh, grays, you know, with masks, unable to breathe, you know, oxygen, uh, basically, you know, taking their commands and orders from uh, the machinery that controls them, uh, essentially, you know, unable to procreate, to have any kind of reproduction, you know, organically. All this past, that does seem to be some level of a reality. I don't know that the two realities will coexist. Some people have said that there will be a shifting out of Earth where there's two Earths and essentially splitting off, right? There's vibrational shift such the place where it will it may seem like people are dying, but they are simply shifting into a different or disappearing, but they may be shifting into a different dimension entirely from what I'm speaking of, which is the fifth dimensional reality. So I don't know how it will look. I can't tell you exactly how it's going to look. I can just tell you what it feels like when you start entering fifth dimension. It becomes very dreamlike. Uh, your consciousness uh, shifts out of a, a perspective of ego eye and becomes more um, galactic, you could say. It's more, <laughs> it's more about uh, recognizing symbolism because the physical world becomes more symbolic than real. And it's like watching a movie in a way. It's almost like we can enjoy the emotions and the experience of it without, knowing, without, without being attached to it the same way you see that's what fifth dimensional reality is the beginning of it this is why people have always been drawn to movies and games and tv shows and things like this because it's a taste of what fifth dimension is like what do you feel like based on some of the people that you've talked with what do you initially feel about with the trajectory of it and if you're making a point because some people will say it's going to be positive some people will say it's going to be negative i've actively been asking people if there's a deus ex machina like an unforeseen factor that could change trajectory and i was thinking about this that this could actually be a potential new mini ice age if that could have an event or if we could actually have a major shift like a comet could hit the earth or something that would just shift the power because i look at the the darkness sean i see the way that people are controlling others and i am in awe of how amazing and how cunning and how dark they are that they're able to just get people to surrender all their sovereignty and not question anything i'm just amazed at how they've been able to do it at the same time i feel like that is such a microcosm in a greater universe teetering with infinite love and prosperity and and hope that while these evil bastards, they seem like their power was daunting. Now it probably is minuscule and irrelevant in the greater scheme of things. So from your perspective, what do you feel is going to happen? What do you feel things are heading towards? And maybe what are some of your hopes and for the future? Conflict, conflagration. I mean, 
you see, there's, there's, there's the, the, the trouble with the, the, the old timeline that we know that we basically are coming to the end of a certain timeline, right? 2020 is a portal. It's the same way 2012 was the beginning of it. 2020 is an acceleration of it, they say. Um, you could call it, uh, what was the word? It's sort of, not it's just accelerate. Well, acceleration is one way of putting it. But the point is that that old timeline still has to play itself out. Logical conclusion of an imperialist colonialist culture that literally has complete, taken control of the world consciousness planetarily, eradicated as best as it could, couldn't completely destroy it. Native, Amer- Native spirit, spirit, not just Native American, but Native cultures, indigenous cultures, beginning with Celtic cultures, beginning with um, any pagan cultures, right? In the pre-Roman world, for example, um, relationship to, to spirit, because they called these things gods, but it was ultimately connection to spirit in the land and the animals and the herbs and the plants, everything you ingest into your body was alive. And they understood this. That was the indigenous understanding of reality. That has been uh, su- uh, suppressed by what? by a colonial approach to reality that found its ultimate expression in uh, enlightenment science, where they could basically separate material realms from spiritual realms, where they could atomize you and break you down to the smallest atom, then break the atom apart, and then what? They couldn't figure out life. They never could. So ultimately, these manipulators and these controllers, this dark logic of manipulation, ultimately cannot recreate life it can only imitate life it cannot understand life so it tries to harness it control it and it fears it it fears life and it fears the divine the power that comes from that divine spirit you say deus ex machina yes there is a divine spirit and that's what people are connecting to more and more they're realizing wait a minute this is ungodly this is an abomination this is actually and you know anyone who understands the the religions even if you don't believe and the dogma of these religions and the lies of, the, of those in control of religions understands the heart of every religion is the truth. There is a creator, there's creation, there's an energy that is not tangible to the materialist mind. And as much as they want to manipulate and try to control you, and that's why when it comes to science, they try to use this to control humans, right? Now they're going to try to use it to control the human mind, body, and spirit. Ultimately, spirit prevails, life prevails. And they will be destroyed by their own ends, by their own means, because your means are your ends. You cannot say the ends justify the means. Whatever means you take to get there, that's your ends. So whatever means these people are taking, they're being, I don't even think they're humans, ultimately. I think that there's a demonic, I agree. Actual dimensional force behind this. It will be destroyed by its own ends, by I, its own means, I should say. Well, I hope so. I really do hope that it, it you know, destroys itself. Does it? I'm curious, how did you become where does your awareness come from and your can you talk a little bit about your own path of the self-discovery and how you came about your own the truth especially some of the ones you've presented on our show tonight well i mean my awareness comes from being from from uh being a conscious soul for for eons <laughs> <laughs> so are you aware of not, some of your previous times previous times here not necessarily here Earth is not, I'm sure I've been here many times, and I, I feel like, for me, past lives come up in the sense of where my interests go, for example, like if I'm, some days I'm interested by the French Revolution, for example, right, or certain time periods that come up to my to my interest, and it makes me wonder, like, 
that I lived through that period or do I just, what is it about that time period that resonates with me? So no, I'm not, I don't remember life on earth. I do remember things not from this earth. And ultimately it's, it's more of an intuition. It's more of a soul's truth that I never surrendered. And that's where people go wrong. Unfortunately in their lives is that they're traumatized early in their lives and uh, made to conform by social conditioning that begins with bullying and, you know, and, and schools, it, be, it begins with trying to fit in with your, you know, friends who are, you know, listening to the same music or watching the same TV shows or you name it, your parents telling you what's important in life and what to focus on. And it goes from there, you know, the teacher telling you this and that and the other. And next thing you know, you've forgotten what your soul's truth was and you never care to try to reclaim it. And thankfully in my case, I didn't, I didn't uh, ever abandon my soul's truth and I never felt the, the need, you know, I grew up with enough, uh, you know, I think with parents who were uh, non-conformist enough to not try to teach me to be a conformist. Awesome. <laughs> so ultimately it was like, I didn't have to conform. And then I, you know, from there I could, I could go and follow the interests and the, the things that, that I cared about. And that's why, you know, I've maintained a connection to it and it's come, it's come more strong in years because ever since, 2010 when I went to make uh, Greystone, my first feature, which is a horror film about, or as well, or a paranormal thriller about, you know, exploring the haunted realm. Once I started to explore those haunted places and I realized that life is multidimensional, well, then you start to just tone your skills, like, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a Jedi or something, right? You have to work on your, your relationship to the force. And that's what martial arts teaches people. That's what uh, Qigong, breathwork, yoga practices teach you is that you're an uh, energy body. You're not a physical form. So the more you go in that, if you follow that path, what does it lead you to? It leads you to trusting intuition, connecting to the unseen realms. And in my case, it, you know, it came through very clearly with Desiderata, um, which I published as an audible book now, but it was a child's journey into the soul's descent into this realm but ultimately it's just the soul having to experience separation from the oneness that is, you know, all creation comes from oneness and love. That is the essence, the root force of creation. So we separate to experience desire and fear and aloneness, but it's all reminding us ultimately what really matters is love. So we come here, this is like, is that the purpose of, experiencing the separation so we can be reminded of like love is most important i mean i figured that if we were in eternity and all part of one is for us that how would we not be reminded of that so is that the is that the reason why most people do it or, is it, or do people have different reasons for coming here it's in your experience i mean i can't answer what everyone's exact motivations are but i think in the grand scheme of it it's a one cha one channeling i did said, look, conscious, you come into conscious, your consciousness of a body is to teach you sovereignty. So by, in sense, by becoming individual and limited, the first, the challenge, the first challenge, let's say, because the purpose is many, there's many purposes, you, can, you know, there's infinite number of purposes, even in your own life. Okay. What's the purpose of life? Which life, how many lives have you lived in the course of your, you know, years of just on earth alone, how many, how many purposes have you had, right? We have many purposes, but part of the challenge is to, in the separation of this identity that we have of, you know, a Sean in this physical form, 
I am working to become sovereign over this being in mind, body, and spirit. And as I become more sovereign, it then allows me to mature and enter as I, because ultimately the idea is to integrate multidimensionally into a galactic form, right? Because we are not physical bodies. We are souls in physical appearance. So as I become more sovereign over myself, I then can integrate back into greater schemes, right? Because if you can't become sovereign over the smallest level, how can you then be sovereign over the greatest? So that's why the manipulation is so powerful here, because at at certain levels, it is really a test, the test initiation. If you cannot become sovereign over yourself, when others are trying to manipulate you, how can you then try to enter you know, uh, galactic agreements with other planets. <laughs> if, Earthling, <laughs> if Earthlings can't even become sovereign over their own planet, how can they be expected to have an agreement with, you know, anyone from Andromeda, for example, if the human can't even be sovereign over himself or herself? I loved, I love the idea. I mean, Dr. Shea McGuire has talked about it, talking about how planet right now is a level zero planet and that a level one is when we're, I guess, we're collectively together. And two is when we have interplanet. I think it's two or three is when we have interplanetary agreements. I love what you said about that. But just how does humanity? Let's look, if we look at individuals. Okay, individuals can can really push themselves and to learn to grow and you know get to a place where they want to. Then if you look at collective humanity, because I read this book called the the um, Gustav Lvov called the mindset of a crowd, and I believe according to that book. The mentality of a crowd is always at a lower intelligence level. They're always just making stupider decisions or they're making decisions that are not really uh, intelligent. If you have a lot of people that collectively surrender their sovereignty, that collectively you know give up their rights, and maybe half the time they're doing it because they want to fit in because of the natural survival instinct of, you know, I'm part of society. If everyone's acting one way, I've got to act that way as well. How does humanity as a species ever evolve to the point where you just described if it is constantly bringing itself down and now that's just humanity bringing itself down that's without evil demonic entities in the background hijacking the media i'm just curious how if we're ever going to get there or if this is just a place for souls that love freedom to come test their metal and get out this is some place that's never going to you know, be free or never going to reach this beautiful point. Maybe it's just too hard. It's just too difficult of a challenge. I don't know. What do you think? It's not too difficult of a challenge. We're actually very close. It's already, I'm telling you, the quickening, the acceleration, the quickening, the quickening has begun. We are moving very rapidly into this place of sovereignty and it will become more evident because we are getting eyes to see and ears to hear, to see through the deception. And you see, it's already available. I mean, that's why I say, when I have to ask, you know, when you say humanity, it's, there's no humanity outside of you. You have to recognize, everyone has to recognize that there is no external reality. We see ourselves in the world. We experience ourselves in the world externally, but we think it's external us. It's all the eye, in a sense, not the little eye, the, 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 the greater eye. It is, you know, not just the little ego, it's the greater sense of self. And in this exploration of consciousness, as we experience ourselves in the external world, um, it's only a trick to say that, you know, there is anything outside of us. We're actually getting back everything that lives within us outside of ourselves. 
comes back to us. How do you say? It's like a mirror. It's, it's all mirroring back. So the darkness that we see outside of us is different levels of our own unconscious mind. It is different levels of our, of our own being that we may not want, we're not ready yet to address and to clarify. So the idea of the manipulation, if we're honest with ourselves, is something that we actually allow, that we actually do in our own ways and our own rights, and that there's a darkness that lives within us, each of us. So it's like we are evolving consciousness by playing out this game in an external modality, what seems externalized, but ultimately there is no external reality. <laughs> so it's very, very complex stuff, but there's a reason why I don't focus as much on conspiracies and external realities anymore because yes, they exist, but it doesn't, it, what, what is the energy that I put forth in fighting it in the three dimensional scheme will never work. It's like playing chess where you have a limited number, fixed number of moves and players, right? And schematics. Yes, there's billions, but you still have fixed by the board. We have to enter the fifth dimension, which is not about 3d chess anymore. It's not about 3d physical reaction. It's not about him and her, him and her and I are all separate and he's wrong and she's wrong. She's right. And this and that and the other, all that is game playing at the mental level. Entering fifth dimensionality is moving with your spirit, which you start to connect with, with your emotional body. When you start to feel things emotionally or in your feeling state, now you're starting to sense the fifth dimension, being more in tune with how you feel, those things that you're feeling that you've suppressed, the pain, the wounds, the traumas, some of which are generational, some of which are soul traumas, some of which are collective traumas. Working through these things, starting to move into our feeling bodies, beyond the physical realm, again, going back to the energy body that surrounds us, this is where we are moving towards. And ultimately, this initiation was a very powerful, painful one of manipulation. But in order to see, we had to be fooled so we can learn how to see, right? You have to be tricked if you want to actually understand how to see through the, the manipulation. And at that point that we're moving towards, because it's very, very evident. Anyone who wants to go online now, you see it. I'm sorry, you don't believe in anything that we talked about on Buzzsaw years ago, from the aliens to the pedophilia to the satanic rituals? Go online. You can find videos at this point. Yes, yeah, you're <laughs> definitely right. It's not a secret. Yeah. It's not a secret. So it's, it's in plain sight now. The question now becomes, okay, can you face it? Can you face truth? Or do you want to allow the manipulation to continue? I don't think many can. That's the only question. I don't think that's many, the only question. Yeah, I don't think many can. I, it's, it's hard for me to even face it. Too. I mean, I'm, I chase after it, and it makes me sick to chase after it because I, I just want to know. I want to face it. I want to go through it, and I want to hopefully bring light to it in some way. You know, a couple of things you said really resonated, especially when you're talking about the processing. Stuart Wilde was one of my greatest teachers, and he talked a lot about humanity processing its own shadow that yeah. the internal, all the dark stuff that was in humanity was going to be coming out, coming to the surface to be processed. And then we've had uh, individuals, energy healers, Jeff Casper and Yona Brennis. I've, I've interviewed them so many times and they've talked about, you know, getting rid of all this energy that's been coming for seven generations back. So mm. really, really does, definitely does resonate. From your perspective, have you ever, have you, when you got here, when you got to Earth, did you feel like you never belonged, like you were kind of like operating here, but you were, you were kind of outside the system, like a, they call it a fringe dweller, 
Like, how, I'm just curious if that was the case, and if so, how do you how do you manage to you know kind of thrive in an area where you're definitely not a native of the society? Like, how do because some people they'll get into this and they'll go completely into it and they won't be able to function. They'll just be completely immersed in chasing after a truth or chasing after what they feel is truth while not doing what they need to do to sustain the energy body in uh, this lifetime. Yes. Yes, it's very difficult. Oftentimes we numb ourselves, right? We numb ourselves, um, you know, with sexuality or, you know, there's a great book called Player's Tale that talks about that, you know, the, the sexual quest, but ultimately it's a, spiritual, it's a spiritual awakening if you follow it. Or if you go into the dark side, you go into drugs and alcohol and uh, any number of addictions, addiction to money, addiction to, you know, to fame, you name it, right? Celebrity, you name, you name it. Everyone has these addictions because these are different ways of numbing the emotional body and not doing the inner work, which is about feeling. That's really what it is. Feeling, sitting with your feelings, expanding to allow feeling, allowing the feelings that you don't necessarily want to face or hear or, or live with, right? That's what it's about. And so we all check out at different levels. We check out sometimes it's when we watch a movie or what, you know, hopefully the movie can, can have a message that's meaningful. A lot, a lot of times people just check out to reality television shows and things that aren't really meaningful. They're more a facade and more illusion as opposed to offering an honest emotional experience. So at the level that we check out from our emotional experience of life, I would say that's how we don't, that's how we cope with being here as opposed to, or, you know, you name it, right? Coping is a million different forms of coping, but the, the challenge of course is to dig in deeper where the discomfort begins to go into that and allow it and allow the discomfort and, and embrace it and accept it. And then it's like, this is, you know, this is the healing work that we have to do. So for me, it was not like saying I'm, you know, I'm totally, you know, there, but having done, especially the last few years of, uh, just embracing more of my sensitivity, I guess you could say, you know, going more into my, uh, anima as Jung would have called it, you know, feminine self, you know, having a partner, you know, uh, who, you know, who's, uh, who does, she, she, she teaches breath work. So that's immersed me in breath work as well as a relationship that, you know, gives me feedback and helps me grow and nurture that feminine, right? The union ultimately of divine feminine and masculine is the alchemical quest, as they say, that we are all on that, on that journey. Some will take longer than others and will take more lifetimes than others, but that is the journey. That is ultimately what it's about. It's about merging the masculine and the feminine within us, the king and queen, and maturing and blossoming in them, honoring them, recognizing that each of us you know, is that sovereign, as I said before, the sovereign multidimensional being. Great answer, and I we we have done shows in the past. We're going to do some more in the future about healthy femininity, has healthy masculinity. I feel both are under tremendous assault right now, and some people don't even recognize it. They just think that this is the way men and women are supposed to be like, and I just can't figure out, you know, why we strayed so far. But in your experience, what are a couple of things that you recommend to people to do to? become more in touch with themselves to grow, to become more aware of themselves beyond a physical body and become more aware of themselves as an energetic body. What are some of the things that you've done 
that have been the most mm. profound and positive for your evolution? Mm. Mm. Well, first, you have to allow it. You see, if you, if you can't fathom that it exists, you can't allow that it exists, it's very difficult, right? Um, first, you have to have a consciousness that allows for it to exist. So first is to reconceive the world in your imagination and recognize that imagination is more important than the external reality that we call, you know, real, like, you know, whatever, the chair you're sitting on or the desk in front of you or something. No, the imagination is real. The imagination is what gave birth to that reality that you are so obsessed with. That fault, that's why we've got this society that's obsessed with the false, because we don't honor the creation that actually gives birth to the, to, to the, to the, to the construct. It's like going back to Plato's concept of ideas. Honor the idea. Honor the realm of the imagination, the ideational realm that gives birth to everything. So if you can honor that realm, now you can start to realize that realm is alive and it's real. It's just as important as the symbolic realm that we call objective reality. These are all symbols. You know, uh, a car is a symbol. Uh, the shirt you're wearing is a symbol. Um, the words you speak are symbols. So this is about the way to reconfigure the way that you see the world. Techniques to actually dive into this. Obviously, we, we know that there's a million, you know, again, videos out there, conspiracy stuff, the, just reassessing re how, you know, the world works. That's one side. But if you want to physically feel it and experience it, facing your fears, um, diving into breath work, uh, you know, Qigong, uh, Tai Chi, the, the, the martial arts, the physical engagement, even working out just physical engagements that move you into a relationship with energy, right? To realize the power of your body and within your body, but breath work, especially because it's beyond meditation. Meditation is a very important tool to get in there. But when you start to work with breath, you can actually shift consciousness. So, you know, like my girlfriend's breath work uh, that she teaches, for example, it's, it literally can put you into an altered state just from breathing similar to what you can get from a mushroom journey. Sean, what have been three individuals that had the biggest impact on your evolution in terms of you being able to see certain things, like three authors, three individuals, and who are three individuals that you, whose work you recommend other people read, become familiar with? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, you know, again, when I was young, it was clear it was people like William Blum with the CIA killing hope books, you know, talking about the CIA, but that's very much a, the physical world perspective. You understand like how the CIA functions and we should read killing hope and just see like how the dark side of American foreign policy runs. Um, then I got to David Icke and David Icke was sort of just, you know, blew my mind when it came to seeing the multidimensionality. And that was like, that was like the red pill moment. And obviously it was reinforced by my own study as a historian and my own research into these realms. So it wasn't just like, Oh yeah, David Icke's the, the man. It's just like, he got it. I'm not saying all his research was hundred percent accurate. It just, but he got it. Like he understood the bigger picture and synthesized it very well. So I appreciated that at my 16, 17 year old time period. And then, um, you know, honestly, since then, it's just been a lot of my own journeying to these places and realms and, you know, I've, so many people and so many authors I met along the way. Um, that's why I said, you know, I mentioned the player's tales, just a great book that people want to get to the spiritual evolution of where we are. It deals with like, you know, uh, things that, you know, I, I'm familiar with as far as the sexuality of 
the time period, being a young man in this hypersexualized culture, but at the same time, um, how that sexuality is an indication of our spiritual potential, our spiritual energy that's being misdirected into sexuality as opposed to our spiritual growth. And I think that book really captures it pretty well. So I always recommend it to people. Mr. Sean Stone, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You can learn more about Sean by going to his website at seanstone.info and his new book. I'm going to, I'll spell it out for you. Desert, what's the name of the book again? Because I don't want to butcher the name. Desirata? Desiderata. Desiderata. Cosmic Fairy Tale. We'll post a link on that. Sean, it's a real great pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being with us. You got it. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits Minute Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our awesome guest, Mr. Sean Stone. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and Ms. Lisa McGarity. And special thanks as well to our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits Minute Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends. I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening.